Well, good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. My name is Bryce Hales. I'm the pastor uh, here at Resurrection OC. And uh, in just a minute, I'm going to um, read a, a passage from the Gospel of John. So if you've got a Bible and you want to follow along, you can open up to John chapter 11. Um, you're, of course, welcome to just read or listen as I read. Uh, there's also a blue Bible near you on the ground. Um, and you can uh, follow along there as well. If you're looking in one of those blue Bibles, the, uh, John 11 is on page 897. Uh, it's great to celebrate Easter this morning with you. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Um, this is one of those days as a pastor that, uh, I don't mind telling you, I, uh, I woke up feeling pretty anxious <laughs> this morning. Um, Easter is one of those Sundays where there's so much hope and there's so much expectation, and, uh, and so there's so much pressure to say something uh, new or, or at least insightful. And, uh, and what I realized um, early this morning is that uh, I thought that that was hard, and, uh, and what I realized is actually that's impossible. Um, but the good news is that we worship a God who does the impossible. So um, we worship a God who raises the dead. So would you stand with me as we give our attention to God's word? We're going to read John chapter 11, starting at verse 17. Lazarus, his friend, has died. And we pick up in verse 17. It says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. And when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. 
Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. And skip down to verse 53. And so from that day on, they made plans to put Jesus to death. This is God's word. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we, uh, like those first disciples, uh, gather uh, this morning with no real idea what to expect from you. Like Mary, uh, like Martha, we come angry. Like Mary, we come brokenhearted. Would you meet us? Would you meet us? We pray, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. You may be seated, please. This week, I got to share one of my uh, favorite stories with, with a couple of my kids, my two older boys. You know, one of the great privileges and I think responsibilities of parenting is uh, passing down these stories to our kids. Um, you know, stories that have shaped us, stories that have influenced us, stories that have been a part of our, of our family uh, kind of culture. And so this, this week, I sat my two older boys down and said, boys, we have something really important to do today. We are going to watch Top Gun together. Top Gun. I, you remember Top Gun? I think it came out in 1986. I love that movie. Um, with Maverick and Goose, the Navy fighter pilots. Um, I love that movie. I watched that movie. Um, Probably, I think it was the first movie we owned on VHS when I was a kid. I watched it nonstop, and it was great to watch it with my kids. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing about watching Top Gun with my kids, usually when we watch a movie, I'm constantly saying to my kids, would you please be quiet? Would you please be quiet? Would you please be quiet? But this one time, they're saying, Dad, could you just be quiet? <laughs> because I know every word to that movie. And I recited every single one of them. My wife was like, oh, you really do know every single word in this movie. Uh, so it was great. They loved the planes, the motorcycle, Maverick and Iceman, and Charlie, and you know how they made Goose look kind of nerdy. And um, the whole thing was great. But then, um, you know, they enjoyed it. But then, you know, I sent them to bed. And as they're going to bed, one of my sons looks at me and says, Dad, what did that mean? <laughs> like, what happened in that movie? Like, we watched the whole thing, and it was, we liked the music and the planes, but like, what happened? And I wonder if that's a little bit like the way that we come into worship on Easter Sunday morning, where we kind of know all of the words, but the larger meaning is lost on us. You know, everybody in the Western world knows uh, kind of the words of Easter, 
that on Easter Sunday, it's the Sunday when Christians gather together to remember the resurrection of Jesus. We know the words, but do we really know what they mean? St. Maximus was a Christian. He was a scholar, a theologian who lived in the 7th century, and Maximus said, He who knows the meaning of the resurrection understands the goal for which God created everything. Do you hear what he's saying? If we understand what the resurrection means, it changes everything about our lives. If you understand not just the words, but what Easter means, you understand the world. If you understand why Jesus rose from the dead, you understand what the world is all about and your place in it. But sometimes I wonder, um, did you ever see that movie, uh, Weekend at Bernie's? It's probably not a good movie. Don't go watch it. But, you know, Weekend at Bernie's, as as I think about these guys, they show up at Bernie's house and they're going to have a great weekend, but Bernie's dead, and so they just carry his body around the whole weekend. And uh, and, and everybody knows he's dead, but we're all just pretending. And I wonder if if that's a little bit what church is like. That we we think he's really dead, but we're all just going to pretend. Listen, we live in a world that has turned cynical. Every news cycle, every election, every holiday, you know, we are, we are skeptical, we are cynical. And I get it, I'm as prone to cynicism as, as anybody is, just, you know, ask my wife. <laughs> but I can tell you for sure, the one thing that keeps my cynicism in check is the resurrection. That death is not the final word. Don't give in to cynicism. Don't give up hope. Don't abandon yourself to despair because the resurrection is true. Jesus is alive, and because of that, the world is teeming with possibility. And so this morning, I just want to uh, explore uh, this account in the Gospel of John of the resurrection of Lazarus, uh, where Jesus brings Lazarus back to life because... In it, Jesus not only raises Lazarus from the dead and makes a startling statement about his own identity, he also gives us a clear picture of what the resurrection means for you and for me. So firstly, I want you to see in this passage that the resurrection shows us the glory of God. The resurrection shows us the power, the majesty, the awesome strength of God. In this passage, of course, Lazarus has died, and uh, Jesus had been notified. They told Jesus Lazarus is, is, is sick and he shows up four days later. Lazarus has been dead for four days and it's interesting, Lazarus' two sisters, they both come to Jesus and they both, the first thing they say is exactly the same. They both say to Jesus, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. They say the same thing and yet Jesus' response to the two of them is, is totally different. Um, First, Martha comes to him, and she says, almost in this kind of accusatory tone, Jesus says, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus' response is to challenge her. And he says, Martha, your brother will rise again. And she says, oh, I know. (laughs) That's Martha. Oh, I know. You know, she knows the theological answer. I know. She's a good Jew. She believes the theology. At the end of time, God is going to raise all the dead again. I know he's going to raise. He's going to raise again. You remember Mary and Martha when Jesus goes to their home for dinner, and uh, and and Martha is this busybody getting everything ready, uh, and she's so ticked because Mary's just sitting there and she complains to Jesus. Says Jesus, why don't you tell my sister to do something? 
Uh, uh, Martha is the kind of person who knows all the right answers and uses them as a weapon against God. She knows all the right answers, but she kind of holds them against God. Uh, There's this sense in which she thinks that she is more just than God, that she is kinder than God. And that describes a lot of us too, doesn't it? Yeah, I know that death is inevitable, but God should do something different. Yeah, we know we live in a world where, where death reigns. Death is the great equalizer, but if I was God, it would work differently. And so she says, I know my brother will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I know the right answers. I know. And Jesus challenged her and says, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet will he live. I am the resurrection. What is he saying? Martha is saying, yeah, I know resurrection will happen one day. Jesus says, I'm not talking about resurrection someday. I'm talking about resurrection today. I'm talking about resurrection today. The glory of God in Jesus here walks into the darkness of our world. The glory of God shows up in a funeral. (laughs) Can you imagine walking into a funeral and saying, I am the resurrection? That's what Jesus is saying here. Have you ever seen something so just glorious that it kind of caught you in your tracks? A couple months ago, I was kind of having trouble sleeping and I woke up early in the morning, which I almost never do. And I couldn't sleep, so I went for a run, and I was running in the, the hills kind of on the other side of Ladera Ranch there. And I come around this corner, and the sun was just coming up in the east. And, uh, you know, it's just coming over the horizon, and the sky is all kinds of pink and purple and red and orange. And I come around this corner, and I'm just stunned with the glory of God. It literally stopped me in my tracks. That's what's happening here. The radiant glory of God himself is revealed. Jesus says, I'm not just talking about resurrection at the end of the world. I'm talking about resurrection today. I am the resurrection. The astounding thing about the resurrection of Jesus is not simply that Jesus rose from the dead, though that is true and that is glorious. The stunning thing about the resurrection, the stunning thing about Easter is that it's a it, it, it tells us what God is going to do in the life of everyone who puts their trust in Jesus. Scholar, theologian N.T. Wright says, the point of the resurrection is not simply that the creator God has done something remarkable for one solitary individual, Jesus. As people today sometimes imagine is supposed to be the thrust of the Easter proclamation. But that in and through the resurrection, the present evil age has been invaded by the age to come. The time of restoration, return, covenant renewal, and forgiveness, an event has occurred as a result of which the world is a different place, and human beings have the new possibility to become a different kind of people. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus says. If you believe in me and I am joined to you, Then my life becomes your life, my death becomes your death, my resurrection becomes your resurrection. If you are joined to me, if you believe in me, Jesus is saying, even though you die, you will live again.
The resurrection shows us the majesty and the power, the glory of God, but it also shows us, secondly, the compassion of God. Jesus challenges Martha, and as he challenges Martha, he manifests his strength to her, but then Mary comes to him, and she's mourning, and she is distraught, and Mary's just beside herself, and though she says the same words to Jesus, I feel like the tone is it's completely different. She says, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And it says that Jesus looks at her weeping and his heart is broken and he sees the others mourning and it says that he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. That phrase, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Uh, the translators, if you read that in a different translation of the Bible, it's translated differently because uh, it's, it's not that it's unclear, it's just hard for the translators to capture in English what the Greek is saying there. What it's saying is that Jesus is angry. Jesus comes and he sees this woman weeping at the funeral of his friend. And he is angry. He is overwhelmed. He has compassion for the human race. He has compassion for Mary. He has compassion for you. So saying that Jesus hates death. Death is a bully. Death is a bully. Death preys on little boys and girls and elderly men and women. <laughs> you know, in our culture, you'll hear people say, well, it's just the way the world works, right? We live, and then we die, and then we go into the ground, and we become a plant or something. You know, nobody sings the circle of life at a funeral. At the end of even, I remember the first funeral I ever officiated was my grandmother. She was 94. She lived a great full life, and we were weeping at her funeral. Death is awful. Death is an intruder. Death is not natural. And the resurrection shows us the compassion of God where Jesus weeps over the death of his friend. You know, um, we see so often now in the news these kind of reports of another mass shooting. And every time there's another mass shooting that shows up in the news, some local leader, some government official always stands up and says, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. A couple months ago, I saw, uh, after, you know, I don't even remember where it was, but another shooting, and somebody held up a sign and said, screw your thoughts <laughs> and prayers. Somebody do something. And that feels right, doesn't it? Somebody do something. And this passage shows us that God has come to do something. He's come to do something about death, to make sure that death is not the final word. Jesus has compassion on us. On us. And then he approaches the tomb, and he tells them to remove the stone. And I think it's hilarious. Martha, always the pragmatic one, shows back up. Martha says, um, excuse me, he's been dead four days. Uh, in the old King James Bible, it says, Lord, behold, he stinketh. 
the Jews thought that the spirit of the deceased lingered around the body for three days. And after the third day, it departed. And so it's, I don't think it's, no, I don't know that there's any truth in that, but that's what they believed. And so Jesus times his arrival on day four. What's he doing? He's saying Lazarus was dead, dead, dead. And they roll the tomb away. And Lazarus call, or Jesus calls Lazarus, come out. The ancient, uh, or, or, you know, um, scholars in the early church, first, second century, said it was good that Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, because if he had just said, come out, all of the bodies would have just come back to life. But he says, Lazarus, come out, and his friend walks out of the tomb. Jesus is the God of power and glory who raises the dead. And Jesus is the God of compassion who weeps at the death of his friend who weeps at death itself. And so what I want to ask you is, do you know him? Not do you know about him, not have you heard that Christians believe he raised from the dead on Easter. Not do you know the words, but do you know him? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, Christ did not come into the world that we might understand him, but that we might cling to him, that we might simply let ourselves be swept away by him into the immense events of the resurrection. Have you been captured by the beauty of Jesus? Are you clinging to him? I uh, heard a story about a, uh, a mother who um, her daughter was hanging around with some new kids and she was concerned. She didn't like it. Uh, these kids, um, you know, they were funny. They, um, they, went, they read the Bible and they went to Bible study in youth group. And this mom did not like her daughter hanging around with them. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, they were nice enough kids. But what is this crazy nonsense that they believe and so late one night uh, this mother snuck into her daughter's room and picked up her Bible never had never read a Bible never owned a Bible and she opens it up she discovers there's an old version and a new version you know so she thinks I'll start with the new and improved I guess and she begins reading the gospel of Matthew and then the gospel of Mark and the gospel of Luke and late in the morning she begins to weep and she begins to say Jesus I never knew I'm sorry I never knew how beautiful you were are you clinging to Jesus? How will you respond to the resurrection? You know, in this passage, it says that some of those who are with uh, who, who who were with Mary and Martha and saw what Jesus did, they believed, and others uh, others went and told on him. <laughs> told the authorities, uh, a guy just rose a dead man over here. <laughs> You might want to do something about that. <laughs> and then it says, um, it says that that's when they started making plans to kill Jesus. Ultimately, these are the only two responses to Jesus, to, to believe in him or to turn our back on him. Uh, to embrace him or to crucify him. There are no casual fans of Jesus. How will you respond to him? Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and it leads immediately to his own death. Raising Lazarus causes Jesus' death. Why is that? Because the only way to get Lazarus out of the tomb is for Jesus to get in the tomb. 
The only way for Jesus to save us from death is by experiencing it himself. About a year ago, there was a uh, hostage situation in a, uh, in a uh, supermarket in a small town in France. And uh, terrorists had, had held uh, a number of hostages in the supermarket. They had already killed three. And a police officer named Arnaud Beltram, I can't pronounce French names, he negotiated with the terrorists to take the place of the hostages. And he went into the supermarket and they came out and he ended up dying. They murdered him. And a few days later, there was a uh, funeral in Paris. And the nation hailed him. And the French president called him a hero. Now that's sad, isn't it? But it's also beautiful. But what makes it beautiful? I mean, if a police officer just goes into a supermarket and dies, that's tragic. But if he goes in as a substitute to get others out and dies, then he's a hero. That's beautiful. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and it leads directly to his own death because the only way to rescue us from death is for Jesus to taste it himself, to experience it, to drink it, to swallow it, and then to blow it up from the inside. Jesus lived for us, he died for us, he was raised from the dead for us, and anyone who is joined to him will live with him as well. You know, it's Easter, and uh, you're all dressed up, and you're, you're looking good, as my wife said earlier, everybody, you're looking really nice this morning. Um, and I know you want to hear something positive and go to brunch. <laughs> The only reason that Easter is good news is because the world that we live in is so unbearably messed up. But we have good news. We have good news. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that in him, God might look at us as the righteousness, as the righteous ones, the ones who had obeyed, the ones who had lived perfectly. Do you know him? Are you resting in that truth? I can tell you, if you know Jesus, if you know him in his life and in his death and in his resurrection, it'll change everything about your life. You know, you may be sitting here thinking, I'm still relatively young. You might not even be thinking that you're relatively young, but you're still thinking death is a long way away. But you know, um, the resurrection doesn't just change what happens when you die. If you believe in the resurrection and you are joined to Jesus now, that future resurrection changes everything about the way that you live in the present. I can tell you, um, as a pastor, I go to the hospital a lot. <laughs> I got to go to the hospital, what, about 10 days ago to meet little Declan Stevie. I was so excited going to the hospital. My wife came with me. We're going up the elevator. I said, this is the first time in a long time I've come to the hospital and been happy to be here. Because I go to the hospital a lot when people are sick. And I can tell you there is a dramatic difference going to visit somebody who is in that bed and they are a believer. 
somebody who has put their trust in Jesus and his resurrection, there's a dramatic difference in the room between that person and a person who does not know what will happen to them after they die. I don't want to be unkind of people who don't know Jesus. There's anxiety in the room and nobody really seems to want to talk about what's going on. You know what happens when somebody who has walked with Jesus for years and trusts their life and death to him is in their final days. They gather to them their friends and their loved ones. And the dying person blesses the living. <laughs> this isn't just a pastor trying to make a point. Like the doctors and nurses <laughs> notice the difference the dying one ministers to the medical professionals. And so in the midst of the horror of death, there is a beauty that accompanies those who die in the Lord. If you know Jesus lived and died and rose again as your substitute, it makes you, it changes everything about your life. It makes you fearless. It changes the way you die, but it also changes the way that you live. I don't know if you saw the news this morning. I woke up this morning and saw the news that uh, in Sri Lanka, across the nation of Sri Lanka, a series of suicide bombings at churches and hotels left over 200 people dead, almost 500 injured. Churches on Easter Sunday. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen yet how the church in Sri Lanka will respond to that. But I can give you an idea because we've seen this before. You know, a couple years ago, on Palm Sunday, suicide bombers um, killed 24 people in a church in Cairo. And not a couple months later, not a couple days later, but the next day, the pastor of a church in Egypt stood up and gave a message that he titled, A Message to Those Who Kill Us. And he said to them, thank you, we're praying for you, and we love you. He told his congregation, he said, we need to pray for these people who kill us so that they can sleep at night. We are being slaughtered, and the king of peace gives us peace to sleep. But the one who slaughters cannot sleep all night. I don't know what will happen in Sri Lanka. But in Cairo, when Christians are killed, they respond with love and forgiveness because the resurrection changes everything. You know, in China, uh, churches are being, the physical buildings are being blown up by the government. Uh, pastors and Christians are being arrested, taken to jail. And the church responds in China by saying, thank you. Thank you for persecuting us because now every, on every street there are people talking about Jesus. We can handle this because we know that the resurrection changes everything. A couple months ago in New Zealand, two mosques were bombed during Friday prayer. And um, again, the world says, well, somebody do something. The following Friday, an older man in England went to the local mosque, this older Christian man, and he held up a sign that said, 
You are my friends. I will watch while you pray. Somebody came and said, what are you doing? He said, um, when you see something like this in the news, we can only respond with fear or friendship. And I'm a Christian, so I don't have to be afraid. Do you know the beauty of Jesus? Do you know him in his life and in his death and in his resurrection? Do you know that he is for you? Do you know that his resurrection has changed everything about your life? It changes how you die and it changes every moment that you live between now and then. The beauty of Jesus captures us. His glory has walked into our midst. He is compassionate. He loves you. You know the words. Do you know what they mean? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Did I not tell you that if you believe that you would see the glory of God? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for your power, your majesty, your glory. And we thank you that in your strength you have compassion on us. Thank you that when we rebelled against you, you didn't turn your back on us, but that you came to us. That you come to uh, nudge us out of our slumber. Oh Jesus, would you wake us up? Would you help us to live uh, new lives because the resurrection is true and you have changed everything. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.